0: Welcome to Work is Good. Today's episode is your housing market update and your mortgage question of the week. Um, my name is Landon Buto, and I host the show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. This week's question has to do with uh, when you should move, when you should move into that next house. And it's not so much of a factual question as more of just a wisdom question, an opinion question. How much of a mortgage should you stretch into um, how, how much should you stretch to be in a house uh, that you are you don't necessarily need but you are really excited about and when's the right time to do that? I hope you can find some value in it wherever you are in your housing and mortgage journey. Um, so please enjoy this episode.
1: What we're you know primarily interested in in you know the jobs report is the jobs report is going to be watched by the Fed and the fed's kind of got their finger on. polls to determine what to do with interest rates and so you know they are concerned about an overly heated jobs market and and, you know today i think the jobs report came out and said like 11 million jobs and that's a lot of jobs that are available a lot of 11 million job postings out there and so that'll give some pause to the fed but but on the other side more objectively the fed today came out and only increased the fed funds rate by 25 basis points which was at the which was what people expected but also at the low end of what people expected Mm. so I think that we're in a better place than we were a couple of months ago. Inflation has continually shown uh, improving numbers over the last couple of couple of readings that we've seen, and that's become more consistent. The Fed's starting to believe that more and starting to react to that. And so, so I'm I'm optimistic. It's not that that rates are going to go back down sharply right away, but right. I'm optimistic that we'll see that trend. You know, in terms of the housing market, um, you know, anecdotally, uh, you know, my phone and email blew up over this past weekend with all of a sudden people coming out of the woodwork ready to do something and so i think you know certainly from the buyer side buyers are you know they're done with the holidays they've moved on they're looking into the new year and uh, and there were a lot of people who kind of put a pause on things last year because they saw what interest rates were doing and i think that's true of sellers as well so i think we're going to see some activity um, you know, anecdotally, that's happening right now, and I'm seeing that in my client base. We're going to see a lot more activity and hopefully we'll see a lot more sellers come mm. back into the market yeah. as well. Um, and then also, you know, on you know, anecdotal but but objective to, at some level as well, I had my first lender issue what they call the declining market notice. And basically, you know, I haven't really dealt with that for a very long time because prices have been going up, up and up. But, but what l- some lenders will do and many lenders will do when they see values starting to come down on houses, they will curtail the loan to values that they'll do on certain programs. Mm-hmm. And typically that affects, you know generally that, that affects um, um, jumbo programs more than any other. And it's very market specific. It's not a generalized thing where I say, okay, all jumbos are going to come down by 5%. We're only going to go to you—you know, 85% instead of 90%. They'll go, oh, the King County market Hmm. is going to be deemed a declining market and basically that's a that's a trailing indicator so you know it's something that they look at we, we've all seen prices slow down we've already seen that so they're not saying that we're, we're seeing a, a you know a, a decline into the future what you know things could go down further right but what they are saying is we've seen values come down we've seen them slow down and we are going to put a pause on issuing those higher loan-to-values until we see that stabilize a little bit And so price is softening a little bit. That's not news to anyone. Um, You see properties sitting longer, more opportunity to, you know, compete, uh, to negotiate with sellers. And uh, overall, you know, it's a good time to be paying attention. It may not be your time to buy, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a bad time to be ignoring the market if you are a buyer interested Mm -hmm. in buying.
0: Yeah. Great. Got it. Uh, Okay. Quick mortgage question for you this week, and it has more to do with just kind of your input on when's a a wise time to buy in terms of life stage Uh, and so specifically let's say you have someone who is sitting in their first home right now they they are a homeowner um, but they planned on that kind of being their first home and they knew they wanted to be looking Um, if they if they were in in the stage where they're able to get into the kind of home that they'd like to move into at say Twenty percent down. It's going to be a little bit of a stretch. uh, You know, a larger, larger monthly payment um, on on the on the larger side in terms of you know how it fits in their budget, Um, but still doable. You know, still they can still qualify for it. What like what uh, again? Obviously, this this is it's an opinion question. Um, But what are your thoughts on it? should you stretch into that kind of situation
1: so is is this a move up buyer? you're selling your departing house and you're moving into the next house yeah. and it's going to be a little bit of a stretch um, yeah i mean that that is a definitely it depends mm-hmm. you know because you know i i think that i mean i'm i'm very conservative financially in 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 one of the, you know my mom gave me this advice your grandmother gave me this advice you know, she said that you know, housing is one of the things that you should stretch into because it's 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 meant to be something that that you grow into, right? Both physically, right? If you're you know your first time, and you know maybe it's your second home, and your family's growing, and so you yeah. need more space, but also financially, you know, because you're expected to be in in a house. Not you know it's not a one year investment. It's right. you know it's typically you you want to look a like five year horizon or something. And so you're you're you know, you're expected to grow, you know, in terms of your career, your your income. And so it's okay to stretch into that. Now never you know, never okay to stretch into that, you know, when it's it's more than you can take on now. Right. It's going to cause immediate acute problems, you know. So you should never do that. But but in terms of stretching your comfort zone a little bit, I think that's wise. And and then you have to filter that through, you know, what's your current work situation you know are you feeling confident or are you feeling uncertain about it or you feeling like you're ready to make a move hmm. into a you know into a different you know avenue work-wise and so i think you have to filter that decision through the other areas of your life yeah and lots if those of pieces, are stable sure. you know if those are relatively stable and you feel yeah i'm i'm, I'm in a stable position you know, in in my work and and i'm you know i'm planning to be in this next house for a number of years then yeah i think it's a great time to yeah to do that yeah
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's obviously reasonable to think that you basically try and avoid debt you know, just live in a way that, that, that you try and avoid debt. And there's virtually no one that, that holds to that completely, especially when it comes to housing. Right. Um, But it seems like there's a broad spectrum in terms of. What kind of how much how much housing debt you're you're willing to take on? Um, you know, are you someone who has to be fifty percent down uh, every time they get into a house, right. or are you someone who, as soon as you're twenty percent down, then nicest house you can afford you, you can get into kind of thing? Right. Um, and I'm I'm curious, you know, because it it is something you could live in drastically different houses based on the way you approach that question. Right. And you could comfortably live in drastically different houses. It seems like, you know, like in my, in my mindset, having not gone through it before and, and, uh, of, you know, the, the choice of what kind of house you're going to stretch into, it's like you, you could save for 20 years to try and 20 years from now, get into that really nice house or or just like, you know, a, a house that you're excited about, like stretch stretch from where you are now. Um, or you could get into it and then be in the same position, comfortably and wisely, you know? Yeah. It seems like just the way housing's set up, it, there's, there's protection for you and it's not like, you know, you're suddenly, again, you know, there's job decisions you gotta be aware of and stuff, but that's kind of the direction I have in mind, which is l- less conservative. Yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm curious on on your your thoughts on that approach, which you touched yeah. on a little bit. But.
1: Yeah. No, I th- I think that it's, it 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 really does come down to, you know, like you said, personal risk tolerance. Uh, risk, right. But also, you know, what your alternative use of those funds are you know what are you going to do with what you know why are you going to you know say you significantly limit yourself in terms of what kind of house you can get into what what's your plan with those yeah. with yes. those with those funds that you're yeah. saving either down you know, and or down payment and or monthly payment you know what are you going to do with those resources what are the things that you're doing and that really will influence because you know if you have a lot of other expenses let's say you have kids in private school you know there's all kinds of mm. things that will factor into it's not just a risk thing it's right. it's a, what is your expense load mm-hmm. you know and and the the you know the the metrics that you'll see out there you know what are the rules of thumb with regard to how much you should spend on housing they don't factor in everybody's individual situation right, like this, but right. The rules For of sure. thumb so you have to factor that in there um i do know you know that in, you know, if, if you look at like the last 50 years, and I, and I think of, yeah, I think I mentioned this um, in, in the class yesterday, you know, the last 50 years, I took every five-year period over the last 50 years, and you can throw a dot, a dart, and hit anywhere on that 50-year timeline, and there was only a two-and-a-half-year period where if you fell in that two-and-a-half-year period with your dart, then you would have lost money five years later from the time you bought I mean, to the time you closed.
0: So, in that two and a half year range, if you bought during that, yeah, five Any years time later, during that, and
1: then five years later, you would, you would have, have lost, lost money. money. Lost. You fall anywhere outside of that two and a half year period on that 50 year timeline, you're always at least breaking even, yeah. yeah. And
0: that's if you're forced to sell during that time when you know right. you're gonna right, live, which would be job changes, moving family, right? Just right. basically, it's not like. Well, I'm gonna go. I, I I need to get out of here. It's it's something that forced you to sell, even though you knew. Right.
1: Most people have some discretion over when they move. Right. You know, most yeah. Most of the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's easier to think of in theory now when I'm not close to the, to to an actual decision there, but just as a concept, it's like you know, I want to get into a house that stretch into a house right. that, that I'm you know really excited about, and and not that you couldn't be content in a Less expensive house, basically. Right. Um, but if that's a priority, then uh, um, seems like something you can wisely stretch into. And
1: uh, you know, I I think you know, generally, and this is a generalization, but you know, appreciation tends to favor the more expensive homes. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I remember um, you know Rick Ruby, coach in the core, the founder, you know, of, of the core you know, real estate and mortgage coaching. You know, his philosophy was you know, buy the most expensive luxury real estate that you can hmm. Yeah, you know? and and because that tends to do really well in all, you know, in all markets and you know, I, I, I suspect that, you know, I, I can't personally vouch for that, you sure. know, but um, But I think that tends to be true, you know, expensive real estate tends to do well throughout through, you know, virtually any market Yeah, you know? and, and so You know, buying a, you know, scrapping by and buying in a neighborhood that's maybe not so great versus spending a little more money stretching into a better neighborhood, that might be worthwhile, you know.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Work Is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it, leave a review, and listen next week.